Welcome back, guys. We made it to the finals week 17 JDB squares, scares, and prayers. In this show, we come here on some studs that must be in lineups. We challenge questionable starters and we offer some prayer flyers to fill in that last spot on your championship rosters. But before we get started, I want to encourage you guys to go down and click the subscribe button. We're almost at 2,500, which is our goal by the end of the season. So every single one of you guys, it helps us tremendously. Welcome. You're listening to JWB Fantasy Football. Thanks for listening. And as always, we get started with our squares on the week. Our squares, these are players that have legitimate concerns managers have their doubts about starting them and we're here to tell you stick the course stay chalk and make sure these players are in your lineups Tim who is your square for week 17 I really like DeAndre Hopkins this week I think you can't really even use the performance uh the last game against Houston two weeks ago as a reason to not play him I think he's going to be a really viable option this week and I think he's gonna be really important for this Titans offense to stay in the game especially with with Stroud coming back being on the road, I think Houston has an opportunity to really to jump out in this game. And even if we look at the game against Houston, Hopkins had nine targets. He only had two catches. So this it could have been a much better game. And they were actually in that game for a while. So I think there's a, a big opportunity for Hopkins to, to put up uh, close to double-digit targets, maybe even close to double-digit uh, receptions. And for them to stay in the game, he's probably going to have, you know, the first downs if you get those near leagues and close to 100 yards. And I would, I'm going to guess close to a touchdown as well. Playing Houston, they're middle of the pack, 16th against fantasy points to the wide receiver at 22.4. So they are a team that lets, that lets points through. And then if they're putting up points and creating an opportunity for it to be a boat race, uh, there's even more opportunity, especially if there's multiple possessions because they score quickly. Yeah, I just can't go against the targets. That's really it with DeAndre Hopkins for me. Uh, it just doesn't grow on trees, right? There's only 11 players in the league this year that have over 27% team target share on the year, and one of those is DeAndre Hopkins. So in terms of volume, the top 12 play, obviously the team pie isn't as large. The efficiency in the quarterback play quite hasn't been there for him, and that's why you know week to week is usually ranked around that wide receiver 24, give or take, and on the season he's wide receiver 24. So I think with DeAndre Hopkins, uh, the perception because of some of these down weeks has been that it's been a disappointing season, but I think it's been right about where you guys drafted him. It's been right about what we were expecting for DeAndre Hopkins. He's had He's had six or seven bust weeks, which puts him around like a 40% bust rate. But when you talk about water receiver 24, that's pretty normal. I feel like people lose a little bit of that when they think about water receivers. They think that everyone is wildly consistent when you get towards the top. And it's really not right. Every single summer I go back and I track, you know, bust rate for these wide receivers. And typically each year, there's only like five or six guys that bust less than 30% of the time. It's just not as consistent as you think. There's volatility to it. Matchups are really, really important. So why not uh, in a matchup here, go back to DeAndre Hopkins and, you know, they'll have Will Levis back. It's looking like he's going to be in there. You know, week 13, 14 with Will Levis, he was absolutely cooking 12 targets in each of those games. I think he gets back to 10 targets. Um, you know, obviously there's some risk with the play, but I mean, you're, you're, He's a top 24 option. It's it's really tough. I'm at wide receiver 19 on the week. Uh, I just find it hard to not get him in the lineup, even though you don't necessarily feel great about it. I think you just have to do it. I agree. It's just it's just a decision you have to make. Well, and there's two other things to kind of look at is that their offensive line has been awful, putrid this whole year. So getting the ball out quick should be something that Levis should focus on instead of trying to get it deep all the time. 
as well as the ceiling that Hopkins gives you compared to a lot of wide receivers in that same range or maybe a little bit behind him, things like that, where he he can give you, you know, that 20 plus game. Um, and it's not really out of the realm of possibility where it's like an aberration, like he's already done it this year. So I think that that's something that also works into his favor is that if you're, especially if you're uh, either projected behind or if it's something where you feel like you're going to have to catch up in your matchup, there's a lot worse options you could choose than running with Hopkins and, you know, seeing what he actually gives you. Yeah. And one thing he has done with their line, not being as good. And with Derrick Henry, he's quietly been solid, but not quite the Derrick Henry we're used to. It's led to receiving touchdown opportunities for DeAndre Hopkins. I know he had one game where three came, so that that could be a little misleading, but he's been at a 5% touchdown rate, which is above league average. So he can find his way in there. He's given us a multiple scores. You are right. There is a ceiling there as well, but the floor with the targets. I know he had two tough weeks in a row, but he's right back in lineups for me as well. Uh, I need him to come through big. I do have a couple couple lineups. I have two lineups with DeAndre Hopkins this week, so I'm hoping you're right on this one, Tim. I'm going to segue that one into another player who's one of the 11 wide receivers who have above 27% team of his targets. It's going to be Michael Pittman here coming off of the concussion. He practiced today. I know Manners is going to see that questionable tag. They're going to see, you know, the disappointing game he gave you two weeks ago. Well, it's tough to not disappoint when you leave the game super early for getting knocked out. And, you know, it's a little bit of what have you done for me lately mentality because he didn't play last week. And I don't see a scenario unless you have three to four top 15 options that you aren't playing Michael Pittman. He's ECR wide receiver 22. He's going to be top 18 on the week. I currently have him ranked at wide receiver 16, and that's a little bit more conservative. It's just because here Vegas is 11th best of the fancy wide receiver, but the consolidation of targets within this passing attack, it's going to leave Pittman with 10 targets. As we were talking with DeAndre Hopkins, we are just chasing the volume. You even though that you know some of the some of the weeks there with with Minshew, you might not feel like there is quite a ceiling. He has been quietly fantastic with Gardner Minshew every single week. I, I'm not going to lose sight of what he has done thus far this season. It's been a fantastic season, and that's in spite of the touchdowns this team has not been getting. Michael Pittman is a guy who, on paper, with his frame, should be a guy who's above league average in touchdowns. We were talking with DeAndre Hopkins being at five percent, average is around like four point three, four and a half to give. You guys, uh, a reference point, Michael Pittman should be a guy at 5-6% minimum, even on a bad team. He's been at 2.8% on the season. So over a season-long scale, I'd probably be arguing for positive regression in that department. Of course, it's tough to say that he's due this week, but I'm not saying. I think you know when you get 10 targets and you're, you're the type of wide receiver he is, you always have the chance to score, even though we quite haven't gotten that from him this year. He only has one game under a 20% team target share uh, all year. And it was week 15, the week he went out early. So it's as consistent as you can get fr from Michael Pittman. I've gotten a lot of start sit questions with Pittman in it this week. He's a lineup lock. So let's not overthink this one. Absolutely lineup lock. We study at the church of Michael Pittman for sure. Underrated, undervalued, underappreciated all the time. We even saw last week how the offense really sputtered without him, that they tried to force guys into that role didn't really work you know even you're you, what you got like a quarter of the production that you would usually get out of michael pittman with probably the same number of targets so i agree with you the one thing that he doesn't really give you is the big play i know he had one like 75 yard touchdown i think it was against tampa but that was just blown coverage and i think a guy fell down so not something i'm expecting is big big plays but the volume building 
over the the game giving you a very nice baseline and a decent ceiling if he can get good yardage and then just you're just getting free money if he scores a touchdown so i'm with you 100 now a little bit of a different build of a player slightly different prototype here but i'm going to give a 30 second thing for you guys you do play year round for your dynasty a player kind of reminds me of that early career michael Pittman, where manners just weren't quite in yet despite him being quietly an elite target earner as a guy like drake london i think just with the, the poor quarterback play i think good seasons are ahead of drake london i think he's despite having a couple good weeks of late that kind of stabilize his price back, similar to like a guy like T. Higgins is finally back and being respected. These are guys who are going to have a lot of wide receiver two seasons, right? They might need things to go their way to be wide receiver ones for fantasy football, like a Michael Pittman. But I think he's going to have a lot of wide receiver two seasons. I think even a bad season, a disappointing season, like Michael Pittman last year is going to be like that wider high wide receiver three type season. So I know Drake Conn has been a disappointment to some manners through two. I think he's, a guy to to target low. And I still think Michael Pittman in that regards is is a buy because you know people kind of view him as a back and wide receiver too. When I think that's more of the median outcome. I think that a, a solid season from Michael Pittman, especially we'll see Anthony Richardson look better than expected. I think is a mid to high wide receiver two, fringe wide receiver one. And then I think the worst version of Michael Pittman you're gonna get is like what we got last year, wide receiver three. So uh just a quick note there on how I feel about Michael Pittman. Yeah, we were kind of I think most of us collectively at JWB were kind of out on on London just because we knew we was going to get overdrafted and then you were going to be risking the quarterback play all season. But I don't think we've ever wavered in Dynasty about um, understanding what uh, Drake London is. I, I think I said Michael Pittman, but what we what Drake London is in Dynasty. And it's definitely a guy you're going to want. And I think that as you start to progress into the offseason, there's the opportunity for mentally for you to be in front of the wave when it starts to happen where you could kind of value him a little bit above market where you can make better offers to acquire him before he then hits his full appreciated market price. Yep. hundred percent. Now a quick recap of last week, guys, I'm not going to harp too long on this. We had a couple of close calls. We had on Ty Chandler outside the top 30, uh, outside the top 24. He was the running back 37. DeAndre Swift, we told you was an absolute must start at top 18 option finish RB 14. He scored. We just missed out on a couple guys. Aaron Jones, he said outside the top 24. He was RB uh, 16. Tajay Spears, top 24. He was RB 27. We said Javante Williams, top 24. He was RB 25. So really our only like swing and a miss with Jacoby Myers, top 36, finishes wide receiver 59. That game was but terrible. That, that, that game, that game did not go to game plan whatsoever. So, yes, that was an absolute miss. I own that. But they play that game 10 more times, and you're not seeing that same outcome. He's got to receive a lot more targets. Stay the course with Myers because Myers is a good receiver. Yeah, we, we've had a lot of that this year, I feel like, with these, these guys finishing. I mean, whatever. It goes against our record our, for, for this show. But at the end of the day, I don't think any of those backs, if you were stuck playing them, really killed you. So we will move on into our scares for the week. Now, guys, just to reiterate, as we do every single time, our scares, these aren't players that you have to bench. Some of these players you literally cannot afford to. You don't, what, you're saying, well, what are my alternatives? And that's when you go to the comments and let us know your alternatives. Or go check out on jdbfantasyworld.com. Look at our weekly rankings, and that can give you just kind of a quick answer, a quick uh, resource for you guys. But these are players with, that we have legitimate concerns about. We want you to look at your options. These players are scaring us for this week. They aren't players that we are excited to put in our lineups. It's more of like, if we have to start them, we're praying. So Tim, who is your scare for championship week? I'm going with Ridley. Now I understand he's had, he hasn't had zeros, but he's had, you know, single digit scoring games in the last week. He had two touchdowns, 
but I don't really think that if Lawrence doesn't play and it's kind of leaning that way right now that you're going to need basically a broken deep shot from Beathard to, to do anything with Ridley in this, in this matchup, I think, because I think Beathard is going to be over the top or underneath to Evan Ingram a lot. So I don't think he can deliver the ball on the sideline as necessary when Ridley is playing towards the sideline. And I don't think deep middle or like intermediate middle, I should say, is really his, his best um, play. So I think that really is going to have somewhat of a quiet game unless he breaks breaks something deep. So I'm kind of leaning out of Ridley right now because, yeah, he's boom bust and you might need that. But I feel like there's even better options than him to do that that are you know lower in ranks. I, I just feel like he's going to be a wolf, a wolf in sheep clothing this week, and he's just going to he's going to disappoint really horribly um, against Carolina. Carolina's fourth against the wide receiver this year in scoring ahead of teams like Dallas and Cleveland. So ha- as well as those two teams have played, Carolina's even played better against the wide receiver. So there's just a lot of things working against them in this game. So he's got to be a guy I'm gonna I'm gonna lean out of if I have the opportunity to, to replace him with someone. Um, I think a really big thing viable. there was if Trevor Lawrence plays, right? He didn't practice again today uh, with the shoulder injury. It's one of those where he shouldn't play, right? You're looking at the type of injury, what we've seen throughout the week, but he's just, he's had this habit of finding a way to get out there. The guy hasn't missed a single week yet. So it's definitely one to monitor, Uh, much more likely to play Calvin Ridley and just lean into the variance in a week where you might need that ceiling performance. When a guy's getting, uh, 42 targets over the last four games. We chased the volume. I know it's been wildly inefficient. Like his catch rate's been 50% or less, which is horrendous, but it's just the way his targets have been coming, right? I mean, last week obviously was huge because he got the two touchdowns. Without the touchdowns, even with the targets, it just hasn't been good because it's been inefficient targets and no touchdown scores. And that's why Trevor Lawrence for me playing is huge. First off, I'm more confident he will maybe connect on a couple more of those balls and Beathard will. And I'm more confident that they're actually going to score touchdowns. And to go with the narrative that you're playing early in the week, when I'm going to set my first draft of rank, as I'm looking, I'm seeing Evan Ingram and David Njoku tight end seven and eight on the week. I had him up there at tight end three and tight end four on the week because I, I feel right there with you with the way that the Jets play defense. Uh, the tight end sometimes can get volume underneath because they cover deep so well in the wide receivers. Amari Cooper out. I just felt like David Njoku's got to be good for a big week. I feel similar about Evan Ingram, right? If, if Trevor Lawrence doesn't play, he's going to need kind of that underneath option. Uh, I don't think they're going to connect as great with their other options that normally could be viable in this game, all injured. Uh, I don't think... I'm not going to bank on a Parker Washington having a big game. Um, Evan Ingram is going to be the guy to absolutely eat. So if that's a a different takeaway you want to do here, if you can't bench Calvin Ridley, uh, it's that you should be really excited about Evan Ingram. Absolutely. My scare on the week, guys, is going to be, I'm going to Tim's mold here, where I'm going to say a bold, big name here. It's not just for shock value, but here we are, week 17. I am benching Patrick Mahomes. It's, it's just been a season to forget. Honestly, we had one week as a quarterback, one since week seven. He only has five on the year. Every single week, Patrick Mahomes has been around quarterback five or better in my rankings, just out of pure respect. And this is the first time I've dropped him outside of my top 10 in my rankings. I currently have him sitting at quarterback 12 on the week. I could, you know, wimp out and move him up, but I don't expect myself to move him all too high. ECR has him at quarterback five on the week now Cincinnati they've been a bottom 12 matchup for opposing fantasy quarterbacks but Mahomes hasn't had a three touchdown game since week seven he's actually got eight interceptions to his 11 touchdowns in that span that's just not good enough that's not going to lead 
to the type of finish you want in a week like this. The receiving options have been more of a hindrance than a help, and Kelsey hasn't looked like Kelsey in two months. I think he's finally maybe taking a little bit of a step back, or maybe he's not 100% healthy, or maybe it's just because you know the, the other options on the team and the line has been failing just enough where he's just not playing the same role he was over the last couple seasons. Uh, either way, I think we'll find out next year. I'm certainly not saying Travis Kelsey's done. I think he still gives us a couple serviceable seasons, but my point here being, it's just not been the same team. I think Patrick Mahomes finishes really strong next week against the Chargers, kind of getting himself ready for the playoffs because they did. They are still making it to the postseason. Um, but for the fantasy season, I'm likely done with Patrick Mahomes. I prefer Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Brock Purdy, Justin Fields, and Kyler Murray. Those are all in order of how I currently have them in my rankings. Easily. I'm playing all of those guys like without hesitation. Now, the other names I have above him, I could understand anyone who just doesn't have it in them to be bold enough to sit Patrick Mahomes, but I do currently have him behind CJ Stroud. I know it's tough on his return. But it's a good matchup. Matthew Stafford, it's just a good matchup. Baker Mayfield's been quietly cooking. It's a good matchup. And Derek Carr, who's been over the last two weeks, carried Superflex managers to their finals. I know it's like Derek Carr, he stinks. He's got a great matchup again this week, and they're at the point where they're just he's just chucking the ball. And uh, volume is is key. The type of uh, the type of targets that he's giving his wide receivers, it's it's just led to huge finishes for him. Um, so, yeah, I just don't feel great about Patrick Mahomes this week. I think if you have another option, any of the guys I named, I'm really thinking about it. So I'm not just trying to clickbait here. Um, I really do think that Patrick Mahomes is a guy I'm going to look away from. Uh, I could see myself dropping him and uh, make him wire bait for my opponent, but that's probably bad karma. I'll, I'll probably keep Patrick Mahomes on my bench. I don't think I'm going to cut him for my opponent. That's too galaxy brain for me because you're going to do that in your finals. And then, oh, well, here it is. You know, it is a good matchup. So at the end of the day, like it's perfectly in his range of outcomes. Just Patrick Mahomes at the end of the day, but he hasn't done anything recently to give me that confidence. It's been two months. I haven't had confidence since week seven of Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. They could press really heavily too in this game where they're, they, they're trying to make stuff happen where they can kind of correct where they've, they've had that. Uh, what do you say? That angry moment where, Oh, now he's going to come out and they're just going to be gangbusters, you know, just completely focused, but you know, it's been happening. Even we go back to the Buffalo game and things like that. And they come out really flat and, I truly believe that Kelsey is still Kelsey. It's the fact that they don't have to defend anyone else that he doesn't get to ad lib on plays because, you know, they're, they're going to just run a defense around him to make sure that he doesn't become that triple threat every single play. So I agree with you. It's, it's tough. I, I think uh, Cincinnati's a better defense than, than what's being represented, but they keep losing people every week. I think they, what was it? They had three injuries last week don't know in terms of who's coming back, but they're, they're just not, they're not a complete unit right now. So there's opportunity for him to score. But as we see, just even in his, what, last five, uh, four weeks, 13, 14, 16, and 15, that's replaceable. And I wouldn't drop him. I, I'm with you 100%. Like, yeah. that's totally karma. Look, look at last week, though. He ran the ball 10 times. He was carried by his carries last week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he, he was 125 yards going to the fourth quarter. Yeah, and he's been throwing the ball 40-plus every single game, and he's still not giving us these performances. So it's not even like I'm going to tell you, well, if he's going to mm -hmm. throw the ball 40-plus. We said with Derek Carr, well, volume is king. Well, when he's only completing 24 of his 42 attempts every single week, mm -hmm. it's not going to quite get us there. And I don't expect and him to run the ball 10 times like he did last week. 
I don't like Derek Carr, but I agree with you about the matchup. And I also agree with you about the idea that they're still fighting for the playoffs. So why not go out swinging? And we saw that. We saw that when he was a Raider, um, even like I think it was like week two to like week six, where he was like the top scoring QB. I want to say two years ago. When he says F it and sling it, like, yeah, he scores so fantasy points. It's very possible. I. It's hard to sit your studs, but at this point, Mahomes really hasn't been a stud this entire season since what week three when he played the Bears. But name value seven week seven when he played the Chargers, he had thirty four. Everything else has been under twenty. If I gave you a blank resume between him and Derek Carr over the last, you know, the last couple weeks, or maybe Derek Carr's not the best example, but you know, there's plenty of guys over the course of the season. I'll show you both of their. Their, their box scores, blind resume. They're going against Patrick Mahomes. So I think it's just been more of name value for this season. Um, not overreacting to the player. Obviously, I think this is just circumstantial, but I'm going, I'm I'm just not into it. And you wanna know you wanna know who else is competing for a playoff spot still? Cincinnati. So they're not gonna be shy of motivation, especially against a team they really don't like. Um, but guys, our prayers, the last section on the day, these are players you can either pick up right off of your wire or they're probably on the end of your bench. These guys should be rostered. They're on the end of your bench, but we feel confident that they can slide into your lineups should you need them. Tim, who is your prayer call for championship weekend? I'm going with Gus Edwards, and this is one of the guys I've actually, like, of the last probably five, six episodes, He's this is probably a top five most excited play that I, I can talk about in that span. I'm really excited about Gus Edwards this week because both of these teams are competing for the buy. Um, they're, they're powerhouses. They both have no issue competing to put up 30 points. Not saying that that's always going to be the case, but I do believe that they're, they're both going to find success getting up and down the field. And you cannot tell me there's not going to be an, a situation in this game where they're within five yards of the end zone and Gus Edwards is not getting the carries. So I think he's at least good for a touchdown here. I understand Miami's defense is good. They're 11th against the running back, um, under 16 points per game allowed to the running back. But they don't play Baltimore every week. And Baltimore leans heavily on the running back, especially in games that are close, because they want to make sure that they're not turning the ball over or or that they're not putting themselves in situations in which um, they could lose the field position battle, all that stuff. So I think that even though Gus had, what, like nine carries last week and he had a mm -hmm. reception for like 36 yards, so I don't expect the reception again. Um, but I do expect there, there to be a, a larger workload, at least one touchdown. And I think it's going to be a very competitive ball game. And he's going to be, be a very key piece to their success. Let me read you a seven game stretch for Gus Edwards, where he's played 52% of snaps, 52% of the snaps, 18, 52, 38, 27, 28, 40, 43. In those games, one touchdown, three touchdowns, two touchdowns, one touchdown, two touchdowns. He had two uh, bad weeks around the bye, then touchdown two weeks ago, touchdown last week. It reminds me a lot of a player who also just didn't look that great when you watch him. We know he's not the most talented running back, but just because of the situation, last year we had a guy 29% of snaps, 51, 58, 49, 51, 47, 66, 48. And in those games, two touchdowns, one touchdown, one touchdown, one touchdown, one touchdown, one touchdown, one touchdown. You remember who that was? Is that Mark Ingram? That was Ezekiel Elliott last year oh, who dang. was a lineup block for people in their playoffs. And that's kind of what I feel like with Gus Edwards this year. It's like he hasn't been playing much more than 50% of the snaps. He hasn't been the best runner of the football. He's a player that's really hard to bench because the way this Ravens team runs their offense, how good they are, how many opportunities they get within the red zone, how 
they don't want Lamar to get hurt. And I think that's a really big part at this point in the season. It's like, okay, we could have Lamar try to go in on his own from five yards out and put that risk right. That could end our season. Or we hand it to Gus Edwards, who's 250 pounds. So yeah, it's tough for me to not play Gus Edwards where I have him, even though he's not going to play 40%. Normally we want our guy out there more often than not our backs at this point of the season. We would love to see them playing 60% of the snaps, but Gus doesn't need to be. And we were talking a little bit before this um, Lamar off, off screen. We we're talking about the MVP race, the amount of pressure he puts on the defense you don't need the most talented back. There's a reason that they've just had as a unit so much production. It almost doesn't matter who's been there. They've run through so many running backs over the last couple of seasons. It's just what Lamar does. You know, when he is running that RPO and defenses are panicking, I was saying like Tyreek Hill before the snap, when he's running all around the backfield with his, you know, ass almost to the grass, defense is like, what is he doing? Where's he going? What's he doing? You know, the second they snap the ball, they're so all watching Tyree kills the same thing with Lamar Jackson in a different way. Of course, when they go to run that RPO defenses are panicking, even when he hands the ball off, what's he doing? Where's he going? Like, you know, you have to react because if you don't overreact and he did keep the ball, you're gone. Like, he's gone. You know, you can't wait and see with a guy like Lamar Jackson. Just like, you can't wait and see with a guy like Tyree kill. So with the amount of respect the defenses have to put towards Lamar Jackson and how often and efficient they are when they get around the goal line and how big and good on the goal line Gus Edwards is, it's just hard not to play him. He doesn't need to be out there getting 20 carries. He doesn't need to be out there 60% of the time. He can carry the ball nine times like last week and still end up giving you 70 yards and a touchdown. So I'm there with you. I think he's, he's a very intriguing play. Um, ECR just doesn't love the guy. They never do. Um, yeah, but he's somebody that I think is very capable of giving you a top 24. Just on volume, I have him ranked just below top 24. But yeah, you can do a lot worse than, than Gus Edwards. Yeah, he's 33 in the week. So it's like, I'm not, I don't think, I think it's possible he scores multiple touchdowns, but I'm not going to be like, oh, he's going to be a top 12 back. But I think he's definitely a guy that you're going to put in and be very happy with the production that you get. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, too, right? The. This game with the Dolphins and the Ravens is one that could be very capable of being the highest score on the week. And you just want pieces of a game like that, right? I mean, a game that could be the, the biggest over-under. Um, Baltimore is going to need to score. Um, there's going to be opportunities. So, feeling good about it. My prayer on the week, guys, is going to be Jaden Reed. He is back. Last time we saw him, he was in there as my square call but these are as wide receiver 42 currently so he's down here as my prayer to finish top 36 prior to missing last week reed had over 20 percent of his team targets in three of the four games i'm just going to echo a sentiment we professed just a couple weeks ago when january was my square as we mentioned i think he's the most talented wide receiver on the green bay packers I'm not saying he's the most physically gifted or the most established for me he's the most reliably versatile proven to be really important for Green Bay on the stretch. Now that I'm done uh, copying basically what I said a couple weeks ago, unlike what we I said about Michael Pittman, I'm not just chasing the volume. Why? Well, his volume isn't quite Michael Pittman's. You're not chasing 27% team targets. You're co chasing closer to 20%, but his touchdown rate has been superior. He scored on 7.3% of his targets. I don't think that's a fluke. It's a guy that they utilize when they want to score. They get creative. They find a way to get the ball 
to Jaden Reed. He even gets incorporated in the run game. He has scored on the ground. That doesn't go into his touchdown right there. I'm just saying he's a guy they go to. He's a guy they look for. And Green Bay's been wildly volatile, but they've been putting up points. They've been in close games, and they draw the Vikings this week, who've allowed over 46 points of opposing wide receivers in their last two games, ranking 20. Fifth versus the position on the season. We likely enter a shootout in this one. I want to be a part of it. Jared Alexander isn't going to be going. And the worst team over that span has been Green Bay against wide receivers. So I think on both sides, we're going to get big, big numbers here. Uh, I like a player like KJ Osborne for that, for that exact reason. I think there's no way Justin Jefferson doesn't get 15 targets. If you really want to put a flyer in your DFS lineups, Josh Oliver might get a free touchdown just because of all the pressure they're putting on the, the other part of the field. I think Ty Chandler is a guy who could end up having a surprisingly good week again for us. Um, you know, I think Aaron Jones is again, he's on watch for a, a week to mimic last week, but Jaden Reed, this is, this is the guy I want. I don't know if Kraft and Musgrave are going to go. Both those guys right now are questionable. Uh, sky's the limit here for Rolf to get him for Reed to get involved all over the field. So uh, he's my prayer call. I feel good when he's my wide receiver three. So let's ride. Yeah. And there's other injuries in that wide receiver room. So there could create even more clarity this week in terms of snap shares and target shares that those numbers all go up and never have an issue playing against the Joe Barry, a Joe Barry defense. If you want your receivers to play well, because he's allowing so much Basically, there's 15 to 20 yards available almost on every passing play. You want to send your guys a little bit deeper if you're playing against the Green Bay Packers in the last month or longer. So I agree that this this game could be sneaky to go over. We also know that um, Minnesota is good against the running backs. So it could be that they don't find success early with the running game. And there's a lot more leaning into the passing game. And you're going to use your best weapon, which is Jaden Reed. It is not Christian Watson. And I know Christian Watson isn't healthy. But it's it's Jaden Reed and Jaden Reed going forward in, in future seasons as well, in my opinion. All right, Tim. Before we get out of here, any any guys you're excited about this weekend? Yeah, I think uh, I think this could be a really really nice week for DeAndre Swift. I'm not we're not I'm not putting him anywhere in any of these stages because I think that he's already being played no matter what. But going against Arizona, this could be a really fun matchup. Oh yeah, early in the season we would just target any running back against Arizona. So I'm right there with you. I'd have him as a top eight play this week. Other guys I have in there, I think James Cook bounces back this week against New England. I think Tony Pollard is going to be big against Detroit. Okay. I have him as a top yep. eight option as well, and he's a guy who's being left off of a lot of lineups. So he could have very much sat as my square for the week uh, with Tony Pollard. So it's just a name to keep in mind as well. I think that Christian McCaffrey guy is probably going to be pretty exciting for. <laughs> All you managed to have him. Uh, I'm I'm just joking there, of course. But um, yeah, also a lot the, of it, a lot Dallas, of exciting names. Dallas pass pass catchers could be really fun in this game. We could see you know good good red zone opportunities for Ferguson. We could see a deep shot for Cooks, just because of the game that they're playing and who they're playing against. It could be really fun. I have for the week. I have at wide receiver 32 Noah Brown, wide receiver 33 Brandon Cooks, two guys that I am forced to start in a league that is a 14 team league with Tim in the championship this week and I don't feel great about it but on paper man, those are two guys as well. I think if you're desperate you can do a lot worse than those names. I think Justin Smith and Jigba is very intriguing. Slot wide receivers against Pittsburgh is always intriguing. That's a guy if you're desperate as well and you've been holding on to JSN all year. This is the matchup to stick him in there. Hope volume carries him his way. I think it's going to be uh, a good week again for Seattle's just on a heater 
Uh, they're playing really good football, as well as your Rams. I think your Rams are set up to have a really, really good week. I think all of them are really exciting. Kyra Williams, my running back two on the week. I've got uh, Cooper Cup right at wide receiver 12, Puka at wide receiver seven. Matthew Stafford is in my top 10 at quarterback. So I, I think across the board is really exciting. We mentioned with tight ends, Evan Ingram, uh, Really, really exciting. David Njoku and Brees Hall were two guys that I just couldn't leave out of lineups this week. It's looking like we are recording while this game is going, that those two are absolutely crushing. So hope for you guys, they were in your lineup. Uh, for anyone who went down and playing Joe Flacco like myself, that's looking like an L. But it's a lot of names across the board, uh, as we mentioned with Derek Carr in the Patrick Mahomes section. I think he's a great, he's a great flyer. Him and him, him, Baker, Stafford, if you are one of those managers desperate for quarterback play, those are the three guys I'm going to. Don't be scared to play Brock Purdy, even though he he, he bummed you last week. I think Washington, you're going to put up 30 points. So I want Brock. He doesn't have to do anything to put up 20 points in this one. So I have him as water, uh, quarterback five in the week. Um, yeah, we're just, I'm just throwing names out there because it's championship week. I just want to make sure that these guys in your lineup, a quarterback I would bench if you have two attack of Iloa. This is, this is a guy if – Again, if he was a little higher in ECR, ECR has him at uh, quarterback 14. So I think they're a little bit more on the pulse with this one. If they had him as a top 10 guy, I, I would have thrown him out. His throwing thumb is a little banged up. He says it's perfectly fine. You never know how honest they are. The guy's given us one top 12 finish since week eight. Uh, you know, he's been the last three weeks, quarterback 22, quarterback 23, 23. Two weeks before that, 26. So it, it just hasn't been that great for Tua. Um, he seems to be very, very, very afraid of pressure right now. Oh, Baltimore is not a good team for that. It's Baltimore and Cleveland and the Jets have been the three like horrible matches for quarterbacks all year. And even week 18, it's not great for, for Buffalo, for any of you guys who have a two-week final there. Uh, so, yeah, Tua is just not a guy that I see myself playing rest of the season. So if you have him, you can probably cut him. I don't, I'm not scared. Let my opponent pick up two and play him. Uh, so if you want another fade, I'll, I'll throw two into that, into that category, but that does it for us here, guys on the square scares and prayer show. As I mentioned, when we got into it, we are trying to get 2005 scars by the end of the season. We got two weeks left to go. We need just a little over 200. I think that's an uphill battle for us, but as close as we can get, you guys come and help us go down there. If anything we have done all season has been remotely helpful for you Discord guys who have come over and just been chatting, for you guys who stick here with us week to week, definitely means a lot to us. Get your burners, get your friends, come help us out. Uh, I'm wishing you guys the best luck in your championships. Uh, in the description, you're going to find a couple things. Clips catalog, taking every single player. If there's it's self-explanatory when you go in, we don't have one message me in the free discord link is also in the description we'll fit them into a video the patreon you want my show sheet name uh my notes for a show like this hop in uh season might be over for you but it doesn't stop for us we have full dynasty rankings and we're going to do a bunch of more dynasty stuff starting as soon as two weeks from now we're really going to switch gears and hop right back into that so for you year round folks who are absolute degenerates and love talking fantasy football definitely come check us out hang out we got roster reviews going full rankings we're going to have uh sheets updated that's going to put players correlated to what kind of pick values they all fall next to you so you can kind of grasp as you get into rookie season where players line up versus picks i think that value proposition is really really important at this time in the year because people don't especially newer players okay what's the 203 what does that mean right also your one quarterback 
203 is a little different to your Superflex 203. So we're just here to help and get a little bit of context to that. Uh, the conversations in the Discord help with that a ton. But past that, give us a follow. All platforms, JDB Fantasy Football at JDB underscore FF on Twitter. Pin tweet has where you can find our full team of everything going on. Some of the f- best falls on Twitter. But that, I'd, I'd like to, uh, I want to shout out our, our listener league champions so far. We got uh, Cruiser uh, 128, HBUT 16, and BH 2023. Congrats. Congrats, guys. And good luck in your uh, final showdown to decide who is being crowned champion. We got to figure out, get, get in the DMs with the champion, figure out something nice we can do for you. We appreciate all of you guys who play with us. Uh, hopefully some of you guys listening can come join us again next year. We'll just continue to expand every single year. We've added an extra conference every single year. So, uh We've worked after three years. We've worked from one to three. Hopefully next year we can fit a fourth one and we can just continue to grow with you guys. So appreciate all of you and we will catch you next week. We're not going anywhere for week 18. So we'll we'll see a regular program. 